It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Yes, folks, we're back and live again. The post-WrestleMania edition of Wrestling Revisited. I am your host, the Iceman. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 21 of Wrestling Revisited. 1-724-444-7044. Caller ID number number is 139926-POUND. And the number one, you can join me and my co-host right now, the bad guy himself, King Beer, King GTS, however. He's all those things. Even Captain Unicorn's his name, too. As I'm talking about Gerard T. Smith, folks. Gerard, how are you tonight, my friend? I am great. Yes, I am too, and I think we all are after what has happened this past weekend. And tonight, we're going to take you back again to another time and place in your time machine. So get ready, folks. Gerard's got a great moment for us tonight. Gerard, tell us what is that moment, please. Let's go back to 1993. WCW, WCW Super Brawl 3. Yes, and this was quite an event that night, however, at the Asheville Civic Center down there in Asheville, North Carolina. Of course, a lot of big names were on that card. Of course, we will tell you about who was on the card. We're going to give you our thoughts and prediction, uh, overall observations about this show. Uh, one of the big uh, surprises on this show, Gerard, before we get into it, anything else, and we'll talk about how he made an impact later on in the show, was the return of a certain legendary figure from North Carolina who only one month before was in the WWE but somehow lost in a loser leaves town match, believe it or not. That's right. Yes. So we will talk about that guy. We'll talk about what kind of impact he made, and we'll tell you what our thoughts were about this gentleman. And we'll talk about the big names that were on this card. So let's get into it right away. Of course, as we said, it was at the Asheville Civic Center in Asheville, North Carolina, as you know. So let's begin and tell you who was on the memorable show that night back in February of 1993. Of course, the tagline going into this show was Super Bowl and it's at its best. Of course, this was coming off. A pretty good Super Brawl the year before, however, that happened in Milwaukee. This year, however, it would be held in Asheville, North Carolina, believe it or not. So it was quite an event, as we said. The first match of the night, of course, was the famous team of the Hollywood Blondes, Brian Pillman and Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course, taking on Cowboy Eric. Oh, excuse me, I almost said Cowboy Eric. Cowboy Bill Watts' son, Eric, and Marcus Alexander Bagwell, known to you people as Puff Daddy, of course, Eric Watts was the son of the executive vice president, Bill Watts, of course, at the time, and had been in the WCW for about six months or so. Of course, he would not be staying much longer in the WCW beyond this, however, as apparently there were some disagreements between him and management, and as a result, he would be shown the door shortly thereafter. A father would be the same way as well. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about the opening matchup as the Hollywood Blondes taking on uh, Eric Watts and Marcus Bagwell and defeating them in less than 16 minutes and change. I thought Eric Watts would have been a little bit bigger than he was. I thought he was uh, underrated, and uh, it was he disappointed me because he didn't really make a big star like he should have. 
I would agree. I would agree. Of course, he would come back in the late 90s, as you know, and try to start up his career yet again. However, this time with ECW by teaming up with guys like Steve Carino, Jack Victory, and Rhino. And he, of course, again, would be there for only a brief cup of coffee, no pun intended, for a few months, however, before being shown the door once again. The sad part about Watts is, however, I mean, like you said, however, he could have done a lot more. I mean, he never got a tryout with uh, the WWE, which is unfortunate. I think WWE was not very interested in him at this time. They felt that his attitude was really a big issue. Bagwell, of course, was in his early years at this time. Of course, he had been teaming up with a uh, young gentleman who we'll talk about in our next matchup here in just a second, Two Cold Scorpio, and they were pretty much of a good tag team back in the early 90s. And, of course, Bagwell would go on to do things later in the decade by teaming up with guys like Scotty Riggs before forming out on his own as a member of the New World Order. But when it came to teams, how I don't think there was a better team at this time and Pillman and Austin. Would you agree there? Yes, I would. The Hollywood Blondes was the very best at that time. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. They were definitely one of my favorites of all time. Pillman, of course, coming off a big, big success the year before by feeding with guys like Juice and Thunder Liger and other light heavyweights. Of course, Austin would be coming into his own as soon to be down the road as Stunning Steve Austin, but at this time he was teaming up with his uh, soon-to-be somewhat unique partner and pretty close friend in the form of Mr. Brian Pillman. And speaking of Scorpio, that leads us to our next match, however, Two Cold Scorpio taking on a very young Chris Benoit, who of course, was actually getting a tryout thanks to Ole Anderson, who was the co-assistant vice president of WCW at this time. Of course, Benoit would not uh, show up in WCW for a couple of years as he would spend time between Japan and ECW, but this night, Benoit would get a look-see by the WCW brass, if you will, and as a result, despite the fact, however, he came up a little short, just a second short, no pun intended, however, he put up a good fight here against a very good Scorpio, and these two, of course, would have chemistry with each other later on, uh, in 1993 into 94 in ECW. Your thoughts about this matchup? A very good matchup for these young uh, upstarters, I'd say, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly. And like we said, Benoit I thought uh, fought a great match, of course. Uh, in case you're wondering, if you have never seen that match, I would suggest you check out the Hard Knocks Chris Benoit story. It is on that DVD. It is a fantastic match, and uh, it just shows Benoit at a very young age. I think Benoit was in his 20s or mid-20s at this time when he uh, feuded with or got into this match. I think he was 24, 25 maybe, I want to say. Uh, like we said, of course, shortly thereafter, he would be on his way to ECW in Japan, of course. WCW would not hold him on uh, their programming, however, because apparently Ole Anderson thought he was too small and too uh, just not the proper build or not the proper guy, so to speak. Speaking of guys, that leads us to our next match, of course, a unique guy uh, making his WCW debut on this show, the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, believe it or not, taking on former world-class championship wrestling superstar Cowboy Bill Irwin, who would later go on in the 90s to form himself as the goon in the WWE, if you will. As a result, Davy Boy Smith beating Bill Irwin inside of six minutes. Your thoughts about this matchup? Oh, I thought it was a pretty good match. Yes, yes. Of course, Davey Boy Smith, uh, late in the 90s, would return to the WWE again and uh, reform uh, his tag team ways in some way, some way or fraction by teaming up with the Hart Foundation. His uh, brother-in-law, Bret Hart, of course, is coming off after what had happened the year before between him and Bret in London at SummerSlam 92. Of course, he would also team up with Jim the Anvil Nightheart, uh, Brian Pillman, of course, and also I believe he would team up with... Um, 
Owen Hart, believe it or not, for a time. So uh, you talk about a guy who was very unique however, in his own way. It was Davy Boy Smith, but also he had his personal demons, as we would see later on in the decade, however. And sadly, uh, down the road, however, would uh, tragically cut his life short, if you will. Speaking of a guy who's nuts, however, let's talk about our next man, however, none of the Mick Foley himself, Bang Bang himself, yes, folks, Cactus Jack, taking on a guy who throughout the 80s, however, was one of the most despisable heels of them all, however, and later on had to retire due to some serious injuries, but has been battling health issues as well, but seems to be being doing much better nowadays. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, as a result, this was a false count anywhere match. As a result, Cactus Jack did defeat Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff in this Falls County Aware match. Your thoughts about this one? Uh, brutal matchup. Uh, Cactus Jack and uh, Paul Orndorff, they put on a great show. Yes, they did. And, of course, this would be about a month before or about three weeks before we would see what would happen between uh, Mick Foley and Big Van Vader, as you know. Of course, the two of them would get into a big scrape, of course, on national TV. And, of course, that was the incident where Mick Foley literally had his ear ripped out from him from Cactus Jack, believe it or excuse me, not Cactus Jack, by Vader. And uh, that was a very intense brawl, I remember, that would uh, percolate throughout the spring and into the summer of 93. I mean, those two used to really have some serious tough brawls with each other, and they were very physical at times. Speaking of physical, let's go to our next match, the Rock and Roll Express, and one of their last appearances for the WCW, taking on the Heavenly Bodies, Tom Pritchard and Stan Lane. Of course, they replaced the Wrecking Crew here due to an agreement by Executive Vice President and Smoky Mountain Wrestling Commissioner uh, Bob Armstrong on a uh, earlier episode of main event. However, the Smoky Mountain wrestling titles were not on the line, making it a non-title matchup. Uh, at the time, WCW tried to do something to try to keep their ratings afloat. They were really having a tough time getting people watching here. But as a result, the Rock and Roll Express, in one of their last appearances here, Gerard, came out victorious. Your thoughts about this one? Uh, I thought this was a fast-paced, uh, really good matchup for a tag team. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. And as we said, the Rock and Roll Express were a pretty good team at the time. However, of course, back in the 80s, they feuded with teams like the Midnight Express, uh, the Road Wars, the Four Horsemen, the Russians of Nikita Koloff and Ivan Koloff, uh, Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude. Uh, a bunch of other teams, however. Uh, but by the 90s, it seemed like, however, they were starting to have their uh, star somewhat fizzle. And for a time after this, however, they would go down to Smoky Mountain Wrestling, try to recapture the magic that they had in the late, mid to late 80s, I should say, early 90s. And it seemed like they had that going, however, especially when they got to the WWE, because they did have a brief WWE run, if you recall, however, in the mid-90s, however, with Jim Cornette and trying to reform the NWA by bringing in guys like these two, Barry Windham, um, I'm trying to think who else did he bring in at the time, the Midnight Express. It just seemed like, however, in the late 90s, however, when the WWE tried to bring in the old National Wrestling Alliance, however, it just seemed like nobody cared about this, unlike the uh, earlier when ECW tried to get their uh, star shining, if you will, and getting more press. Our fans started to care about this, and they knew that, that there was something catch on. But by the late 90s, when Jim Cornette and uh, the old NWA name tried to make an impact in WWE, it just seemed like no one cared about this because they uh, had realized it was too little too late. Yeah, that's uh, right. 
Yes. So uh, from there, we go to our next match, a very unique match here. Dustin Rhodes, who, of course, later on in the 93 year, would have a great match with Stunning Steve Austin at the granddaddy of them all. Starcade, of course, took on a young man by the name of Max Payne, and this was for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. As a result, however, uh, Max Payne was disqualified in this matchup after he pulled the referee in the Rhodes to break an ab stretch and throwing Rhodes over the top rope. This was one of the rules that WCW told a lot of their superstars at the time. However, it was not allowed, however, and as a result, however, it seemed like Max Payne didn't give a damn about the rules. And as a result, Dustin Rhodes uh, somehow won the championship, despite the fact, however, uh, he this was still U.S. champion for a while before, uh, I believe, he was dropped the belt later on in the year, however, to Austin, however, before Starcade or at Starcade. But uh, this was a very interesting matchup. Your thoughts about this one? Yeah, I thought it was a great matchup. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly, certainly no question about it. And, of course, now that leads us to our semi-main event, ladies and gentlemen, for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, believe it or not. It was Barry Windham taking on the Great Muda. As a result, Barry Windham, of course, uh, needless to say, he did defeat Muda, however, but this is the guy we're talking about, folks. Ric Flair, yes, folks, North Carolina's own slick Ric Flair, making his return to the WCW for the first time in almost three years, however. Tried to place the world title around Wyndham's place, but Wyndham did not allow this, and as a result, our, these two uh, former Four Horsemen mates, however, once again got into a bitter feud with each other, and this would culminate down the road. As a result, uh, Wyndham won the match here in 24 minutes. Your thoughts about this semi-main event? Um, it was pretty good. I was always a big fan of Barry Windham, uh, and I was a big fan of Muda, so, uh, but it was good for Barry to get the win. And what were your thoughts about, uh, Windham somehow not allowing Ric Flair to put the strap on him, and as a result, these two former horsemen mates, uh, somehow coming nose-to-nose with each other and, uh, kind of, uh, getting into it with each other that would culminate later on down the road? Well, I just thought Barry wanted to go on his, uh, own there, so I thought it was pretty good for him. Certainly, certainly. And I was a fan of Barry Windham, too. I mean, Barry was a big boy, if you recall, 6'6", 280, from Sweetwater, Texas. I mean, we know about his family tree, of course. We know about his brother, IRS, Mike Rotundo, formerly of Syracuse, in the Orangeman, of course. Uh, we know about his father, Black Jack Lanza. Of course, we know about his other siblings, uh, Bray White and uh, Bo Dallas and all these uh, wrestlers. So uh, Barry Windham comes from a very decent family of uh, very good wrestlers, to say the least. And now that leads us to our big main event, ladies and gentlemen, for the WCW. Uh, I believe this was for the w- yes, this was for the WCW World Championship, but it was not on the line, however, here and not sanctioned by WCW. It was Big Van Vader with Harley Race taking on Sting in a White Castle Affair strap match. Of course, we saw what had happened the year before at Star K92 in the King of Cable match between Sting and Race. However, excuse me, Sting and Vader. This time, however, Vader was hoping to. Uh, Make his name well-known, if you will. And, of course, uh, you talk about a guy who had a big, big reign here for quite a while, however. It was Vader. Of course, Vader would later on in 1993 lose to uh, Ric Flair at Star K93 in Charlotte, however, at the Charlotte Coliseum. But uh, during this time, 1993, how I have the DVD here in my collection, how I've watched it recently. Vader talks about how all throughout 1993, how he was like the man to beat. It seemed like no one could touch him. I mean, he was sort of like the Ric Flair of his time. I mean, not to say he was cocky and strong and arrogant, however, but he was big and tough, no doubt about it. And of course, any time, whether it be Sting, Ron Simmons, whoever else was against Vader, however, he just mowed them all down like with ease. And as a result, it wouldn't be until late 1993, early 94, that we would see Vader's run come to an end. But uh, your thoughts about this main event? 
was an epic main event, and it was greatly done. Yes, I would agree. I'll be we- right back. Okay, no problem. And while Gerard steps out, let's give you the number again, ladies and gentlemen. one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. Caller ID number one three nine nine two six. This is episode twenty one of Wrestling Revisited. And we are talking about Super Bowl three, ladies and gentlemen, taking you back to February of nineteen ninety three. We want to thank Gerard T. Smith for that great moment in time tonight as he picked the moment for us. Of course, don't forget tonight, ladies and gentlemen, at nine o'clock we will be on with WCW Wrestling Revolution. Caller ID number one three eight oh five five pound one. You can talk to Gerard, myself, WCW Chad Hinshaw, along with the rest of our panel, will have wrestling dates and birthdays, while the latest news, including last night's big epic Raw, which was an unbelievable night, the night after WrestleMania. Also, we'll talk about who knows what else is going on in the newswire. Gerard and I will have that news desk ready for you at 9 o'clock, of course, when we go on the air. And we will be on until 11 o'clock, 11.30, taking you into the 4 midnight hour. Of course, Thursday night, we will also have... More of the same, but we will be doing it on NWO Wolfpack episode. Uh, I'm not sure what number that it'll be, but I believe it's 40 or 41. Caller ID is 138521-POUND. Of course, Saturday night, you can listen to Gerard and his sister, the lovely, lovely black widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, 138982. And, of course, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to Gerard, myself, and Queen Madness herself. Yes, folks, the black widow herself, beginning at 8 o'clock tomorrow night with our... New and improved wrestling debate show, and that caller ID number is 139925. We will have a great show for you from 8 to 9, and of course at 9 o'clock, we will be uh, kicking you into that. And of course on the uh, Attitude Show this Saturday night, be sure to listen to Draw and Michelle. They will be talking about Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Total Divas. They'll also give you a preview of Raw Radio, what should be a great Raw Radio, uh, what Raw Radio will be like next Monday. Of course, we had a great show yesterday. You can go back and listen to the archives, 138744-POUND, in case you're wondering what the ID number for that is. Uh, all of our shows are archived each and every week on TalkShoe.com, whether it's Wrestling Revisited, The Debate, Attitude, Wolfpack, and of course, uh, in the outlook as well. And I believe Gerard has returned now. Gerard, are you back with us, sir? Okay. He is still out. He will be back, I'm sure, momentarily. So please uh, bear with us here, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we're going to get Gerard's thoughts on a scale of 1 to 10 as far as this pay-per-view goes. As for me, I will have to give you my thoughts. Uh, I thought this show was about a 7 out of 10. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I did like the Wyndham... Moon a match, like Gerard said, I would say the second best match of the night would be Benoit and Scorpio, and I would say number three was Vader versus Sting. I thought those were the top three matches of the night. Uh, the one I really thought that could have been better, I thought, and I was kind of disappointed in, obviously, was Davy Boy Smith taking on Bill Orwin. But as we said, this was Davy Boy Smith's uh, WCW debut coming off after uh, leaving the WWE late 92, early 93 due to some management issues. Of course, he would not be in the company for very long. He would be returning to the WWE a few years later to see if he can try to get his career started up yet again. And somehow for a while, it looked like he did. Needless to say, however, uh, as a result, of course, he would only be there for about a year, year and a half, and then he would try to go back to WCW yet again and uh, see if he could uh, finish his career in a strong type way. And unfortunately, that was not the case, needless to say. He had a tough time uh, beating his demons, so to speak. And as a result, later on, it eventually caught up with him, and we saw what happened at the end as a result of that, as we lost him at a very, very young age. Um, Let's see if Gerard has returned. Gerard, are you back with us, sir? Okay, he's still out, folks. So uh, he he is definitely coming back, ladies and gentlemen. That's that is definite. Uh, 
momentarily. He will be back with us here. So, uh, like we said, he will be returning with us in just a few minutes, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, please bear with us. He is on his way back into the studio as we speak, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will definitely uh, check back with him again in just a couple minutes and get his thoughts in overall pick a rating of tonight's uh, moment, if you will. Another thing uh, we're going to talk about here, even though it's non-wrestling related, we're going to talk about a few other things here before Gerard does return. Obviously, of course, coming up this week is the big Masters Golf Tournament down in Augusta, Georgia. Tiger Woods, of course, not playing in that tournament, ladies and gentlemen, for the third time in about five years, believe it or not. So it looks like Tiger Woods' career uh, finally might be done with. I hate to say this, and I hate to be a negative Nelly, but you know what, how I think? Uh, I think Tiger is about to hang it up for good, it looks like. I mean, the last time he played... Any good was about 10 years ago, and it just seems like more and more, I just think Tiger Woods is on his way to hanging up his golf shoes and his clubs, if you will. It just seems like he hasn't been hitting the ball great the last few years. Uh, The game seems to be passing him by more and more with guys like Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth, even the former champ from last year, who I think will have a really good showing. I hope he has a good showing this week at Augusta, as well as other guys like Henrik Stenson, Rory McIlroy, and such. And I believe Gerard's now finally returned. Gerard, have you returned, sir? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, we were just talking a little about the Masters Golf Tournament, and uh, uh, obviously we're going to talk about that, uh, some other sports news here in just a few minutes, but I just gave my rating, however, as far as this show, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I would like to hear your opinion. I'm going to give it a 7.5. You're going to give it a 7 out. so we're just about even then. Okay, very good, very good. And we want to thank you for that moment. That was a great moment you picked out tonight. Of course, we were going to talk about some other things that are going on. Of course, I did mention that tonight, of course, we got a good show lined up, of course, as well as the newer and improved wrestling debate show that you, me, and uh, the Black Widow will be doing tomorrow night. Team Madness, if you will, NWO Madness. You can listen to us tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Um, let's talk about uh, some other things that are going on in the world of sports. Of course, I know uh, this is kind of a touchy, sore subject with our boss, Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw. Before we do that, we want to welcome Guest 3, who has logged into the chat. Guest 3, welcome. Uh, state your name, please, and uh, let us know where you're from. Uh, but last night, of course, we had quite an interesting Monday night of television. We had, of course, a great Final Four championship ball game uh, between Villanova and uh, North Carolina. Of course, the North Carolina Tar Heels uh, had a great season under their coach, Roy Williams. Jay Wright and the Villanova Wildcats, of course, looking to win their first championship since 1985. Uh, somehow in America, ladies and gentlemen, however, mind you, however, uh, mind you, uh, Guestry has told us some of the news about uh, – Believe it or not, however, some golf news I just relayed right before you came back on to our show. He saying on Tiger Woods, he was listening to Dr. Walk of Dead Doctors Don't Lie, mentioning how the doctors ruined him. So, uh, very interesting there. But uh, anyway, getting back to what I was saying about the championship basketball game last night, I don't know if you saw the last couple minutes or even the highlights this morning. I mean, this was a wild and crazy last few minutes of what was a great championship ball game in front of 75,000 in Houston last night. Somehow the Villanova Wildcats scratched out a win and pulled it out. The buzzer is 77-74. Your thoughts about the championship game last night? Uh, I didn't get to see it, but I've seen highlights uh, yes. on the news just now. Um, apparently there was, like, brothers or something on each team or something. Yes, yes. And uh, the one brother, I think, hit a three or something. The last yeah, minute. he did. It was incredible. I mean, it was an incredible shot. No... Uh, no doubt about 
about it. However, I mean, it was it was a, an amazing shot. And like I said, I tip my cap to uh, both teams and both uh, coaches. Roy Williams is one of my favorite coaches of all time, have been for a long time. Jay Wright, I mean, I call him the George Clooney of coaches, but he is a brain. I mean, he has a good brain, smart brain. And I'll tell you what, this year he had an amazing run in the tournament, let's just say. And I uh, guess you just said, however, he just saw the uh, shot that happened last night, however. Uh, it was incredible, like I said. Uh, uh, we did watch, I did watch the last two minutes of the game after Monday Night Raw last night. And uh, it was just an incredible finish, no doubt about it. And like I said, both teams deserve uh, congratulations for a great season. But in the end, I think it was just the Villanova Wildcats somehow. It was their night to shine. And he definitely stepped up their game and then some after this incredible uh very unique, decent middle season, and then also in the tournament, especially the last two weeks, how I just like they ran through everybody like a knife through butter. I mean, they ran through Oklahoma in the semis on Saturday. They uh, gave North Carolina all they could handle last night, and of course, in the Sweet 16, I think they defeated, uh, I want to say Indiana. No, I think it was, yeah, it was Indiana. That's right, it was Indiana. They defeated them pretty good at home in their own backyard. I mean, this is a team that I think next year could be one of the top 10 preseason teams to watch out for. And as far as North Carolina, like I said, Roy Williams is one of my favorite coaches, guys. I mean, he's a great coach. He's a fantastic genius behind the bench, and he has a great team. But last night, it should have been all about him. It should have been his night, but it just came up a little short in the end for him. And speaking of short, let's talk about uh, – I was talking a little bit about golf. I don't know if uh, you know Gerard or not. How, oh, it's uh, Roddy Kay, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. Roddy Kay has checked in with us. So he's listening, however – on uh, our show uh, today, so Roddy K, welcome. We're appreciating you. Glad you're listening in to us tonight uh, here on uh, the show. Um, we were talking about the Masters Golf Tournament coming up this week. Gerard Tiger Woods, of course, not playing once again for the third time. And it seems like forever and a day. His career is starting to wind down more and more, just like he isn't the same anymore. Uh, I want to get your take early. Who do you think will be the guy that ends up winning the green jacket on Sunday when it's all said and done at Augusta? I'll have to admit, I don't really follow that much golf, so uh, I couldn't tell you who's going to win. Um, John says to tell you he's okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Our our colleague, uh, uh, he told me about he didn't. I, I'm sure he's going to text me later about that, too. Yes, John is, of course, John Gross uh, that Gerard was referring to. Uh, he was on a little bit of a fender bender earlier this evening, we understand. Uh, he is okay. That's good to hear. Okay, glad to hear that, John. Uh, we will definitely see you later this evening or check back in with you later tonight on uh, uh, Wolfpack, or not Wolfpack, Revolution, if you will. He had a little... Like I said, a little bit of a fender bender earlier today, so uh, we're glad to hear he's okay. Speaking of fender benders, let's talk about uh, Monday Night Raw last night. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll again talk about this and we'll pretty much say the same thing. If not, we might add a little bit more to it. Let's talk about uh, last night's Monday Night Raw at the American Airlines Center, the home of uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, one night removed from WrestleMania 32. I mean, this was an incredible Raw last night. What was your what was your overall take of last night? Uh, I thought it was a, a pretty good raw. I liked uh, Apollo Crews coming in. Yes. Uh, um, uh, Enzo and Cass. Yep. Enzo Mori for two. Yes. So I like how they I like they came out. At first, I thought it was going to be the Bull Club when they first did the intro. I'm thinking, is this Finn Balor and freaking uh, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson? Thinking, what the heck's going on? And also, when I saw Enzo come out with Cass and Enzo with his little Wolverine look, I'm thinking, oh my God, what's he going to say? What's he going to do? And of course, he did. Uh, how you doing? How you doing to the Dudleys? And he uh, gave Devon Bubba Ray a little bit of a 
tongue uh, lashing, if you will. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, that should be a pretty good feud if that's where they're going to go with that. Certainly, certainly. I would agree there. I would agree there. And uh, Roddy says that the fans made the show worth it last night. I would agree there. Um, speaking of uh, Divas, let's talk uh, 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 superstars. Let's talk about the Divas division right now. Uh, it seems like Natty, fellow countryman from your neck of the woods, is making a statement, and she's challenging Charlotte yet again after apparently everyone wasn't too happy about Charlotte's little acceptance speech, although some people were chanting for Bailey's name now. And I thought it was going to be Bailey coming out because I think Bailey should have been out there last night, however, after uh, what happened the night before, however, but apparently I guess they're going to keep her down next to just a little bit longer. Now it looks like they're going to go with Natty and uh, Charlotte once again for the Divas title, possibly down the road, unless they're going to have Sasha and Becky also make a statement, too. Your thoughts about that? Um, it's about time. I think Natty should get the title. Uh, have it for one run, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't want her to have it and then uh, kibosh it like they did with Zack Ryder. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, that is a mess in itself. I mean, Zack Ryder wins the title the night before at WrestleMania. 24 hours later, the Miz goes him into a match. And JBL's there kissing Miz's ass. And you see Zack Ryder's dad in the front row, which was great to see his son. He had again fight her and fight a good, decent match. But all of a sudden, who comes out of nowhere but the Miz's wife? Yes, folks, former WWE diva. And apparently now she's back on the roster, it looks like, for some reason. Maurice, believe it or not, helping you know her why? husband. Going to be on Total yeah, I was just going to say that. Yes, we were going to talk about that tonight on our, uh, the show. I was just, I just was going to bring that up. Yes, you bring that up. Yes, and Gerard is bringing up uh, Total Divas, folks. In case you're wondering, you've been under a rock all day. Apparently, it looks like they have now announced three new cast members. However, um, mind you, apparently, however. Uh, it looks like it will be Maurice, Renee Young, and Lana returning to the uh, Total Diva cast, along with Naomi, while they're going to get rid of Mandy Rose, apparently, of course, Rosa Mendez, however, and Alicia Fox. What is your take about this whole uh, switcheroo on Total Divas? Uh, shake-up could be, I guess, pretty good. It's good to see Maurice back, a Canadian. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly. I think it's going to be interesting how she does. I think she'll come off okay. At least I hope she does. I, I don't understand why they're putting Lana on there. I think she's terrible. She can't speak a lick of English. Or at least she's trying to learn to speak English, but she can't speak American, apparently. She's so terrible. I mean, she thinks she's all this great diva. I mean, at least it's not Summer Rae, thank God, but still she reminds me of Summer Rae Part 2. I'm glad to see Naomi return. I think they needed Naomi to return because I think she was pretty good on the show last year, however, before they replaced her this year. So I think it'll be interesting to see what she brings to the table this time. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Roddy says, of course, he doesn't remember seeing Dean Ambrose. I think no one remembers seeing that because I think Dean got the night off after what happened on the night before WrestleMania. So I guess they gave him the night off. Uh, but they were talking, however, Gerard, about giving the uh, apparently the authority. They're going to give some, some time off however, for a good while. It looks like Shane's going to be running things for a while. However, uh, What is your take about this, however, about Shane running things for a while? The authority is going to be on a little permanent vacation for a good while, maybe. Uh it doesn't really matter. It's, uh, Vince has got, he tells Shane what to say and everything, he, like he told Triple H and Stephanie. So everybody was praising up Shane last night for all, you know, these matches and bringing up NXT superstars. He isn't, he's just uh, like the puppet. He just goes out there and tells what people tell him to tell him. So it really doesn't really uh, matter who's running the show. It's, it's who's in the back telling him to run it. So. Right. Yes, certainly. 
And uh, looking at the ratings from last week, of course, as you know, they did a 2.65 on the go-home show in Brooklyn the week before they did a 2.4. Last night they went up to a 2.9, so a lot of people were very impressed. And I think the reason why they were impressed, obviously, was that big main event, the big fatal four-way, however, which pitted uh, Roman Reigns' uh, next challenger, if you will, in the form of Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, the Swiss Superman. Yes, folks, I'm not kidding you, the Swiss Superman, however. Uh, mind you, however, Antonio Cesaro, our good friend, MLB's favorite person, if you will, making his first appearance in almost six months, however, looking very good in the ring, I should say. He was very crisp. And, of course, the bat, and your guy, of course, Kevin Owens, who it looked like at one point was going to pull off the upset, however, after laying out Sami Zayn, but unfortunately, however, it was to be AJ Styles' night, however, and not Cesaro and anyone else's night. Uh, let's get your take, however, on this next one, Gerard. First off, your thoughts about AJ winning, and number two, your thoughts about Roman's promo Earlier in the night, however, it looks like they're going to be turning Roman back into a heel. Your thoughts about these two? Yeah, he had Roman had a very good heel uh, promo there. Um, I guess they pegged AJ so they can turn him heel. But mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, the Bullet Club's going to come in out AJ. And I don't even think the Bullet Club's going to be... Like, AJ's not going to be in the Bullet Proof or whatever. I don't, well, I don't think he will be. Mm-hmm. I want the Bullet Proof to be heel, but yeah. we'll have to wait and see. I think it's just Finn, Doc, and uh, Carl. Yeah. They were backstage at Raw last night. Damn it, why didn't they come out? Yeah, I heard some about that this afternoon. Yeah, and they were backstage on Sunday, too. I guess they got there late Saturday night into Sunday morning. They were supposed to debut on Sunday at Mania. I guess they're waiting for the right time to spring them upon us. Maybe they could show up tonight in Houston. We understand that uh, SmackDown in Houston is going to be a very interesting night tonight, of course. They're going to debut with the Vaude Villains, Aiden English, and Gotch. I'm looking forward to seeing these guys make a big impact. Hopefully they'll be on Raw, too. Uh, I've been a fan of these guys for the past year or so. I really like what they bring to the table. I hope, again, the tag division continues to improve. How I think they need some fresh teams in that division. Oh, uh, what, let's talk about uh, what the hell are they calling them? Uh, Primo and Epico. They're, they're oh be, yeah, let's talk they about them. Yeah. No now. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Let, I was just going to bring that up next. Yeah, another highlight of last night. So you just brought up just now said how the former duo of Los Matadores, Diego and Fernando, better known as Primo and Epico, apparently they're uh, going back to uh, without the mask, without the bullfighter. If you will. I guess they're going to be back to their uh, original style. But apparently they're playing these two guys who are like, uh, I guess, sort of like uh, tourism guys, however, Originally, however, but now it looks like they're uh, sort of like uh, playing a character of uh, two uh, hometown heroes, however, that are selling their country, their uh, region, if you will. Uh, what is your take about Primo and Epico's uh, somewhat new uh, gimmick, if you will? Uh, let's hope it works this time. Yeah, I would have to agree. I would have to agree. Of course, uh, at one time when they were... Without the bullfighter gimmick, however, I mean, they were doing okay at best, but then they did the bullfighter gimmick for a while, and that kind of caught on for a while, but then it kind of went south after the whole uh, thing. And you talk about the tag division now. I mean, you got the New Day, you got the League of Nations, you got the Social Outcasts, you got the Vaude Villains, you got uh, possibly the Bullet Club coming in, or Bullet United, whatever you want to call it. They're coming in pretty soon. I mean, the tag division is starting to get more and more strong, however. And uh, Roddy says, how that's how you do make me hope them Briscoe brothers are added to the Raw roster. It so needs that tag team action, however. I would have to agree there, Roddy. And, of course, he talked about Roman's heel turn. He's not good or bad. He's the guy. And although it was not addressed, the stipulation is Shane have one match one night. There was no win. 
no win it included. So I would agree with two of those three statements, Roddy, but uh, the third one about the Shane thing, well, we're going to have to wait and see. Obviously, next week, of course, Raw will be in Los Angeles. Of course, our very special guest host, the eminent Dr. Phil, will be there. And I started to think what's going to happen because I think last night they did pretty well, and I'm hoping next week they don't go back to being the boring, stale Raws that we've seen in the past. Of course, they are going to be in L.A. next week in San Diego. And then in two weeks, however, they're going to be in the U.K., and speaking of the UK, that's where I think we're going to maybe hear the announcement, maybe if not next Monday or maybe you're not SmackDown tonight in Houston, but next week, however, in two weeks in the UK, I think we're going to have the announcement become official. Uh, Roman versus AJ, however, possibly. Oh, and Roddy says that the McMahon family has a therapy session, possibly. Rumor has it could happen maybe next Monday, so we might see something happen there next Monday. But as I was saying, as far as AJ and Roman go, I think we're going to have that addressed maybe possibly this week or next week, but I would not be surprised, however, that they're going to make the match official for payback in about three weeks. I think those two will go at it in Chicago. Um, wouldn't it be something if AJ Styles continues his shocking year in a big way? And so far, I would have to put him early on as maybe the superstar of the year because, I mean, this guy has come out swinging for the fences early on. I mean, he has a good match with Jericho at Fastlane. He has a pretty decent one with him again at WrestleMania. He had a great match last night, I thought, on the main event on Raw. And then, of course, he had a really good showing at the Rumble. Would you have to cast him right now as an early on favorite as superstar of the year? Yep, I would definitely say that too. Another guy who I think could have a pretty big year, and I'm wondering uh, what they're going to do with him next, obviously, is uh, your boy Kevin Owens. Of course, him and Sammy are going to continue their feud, obviously. As far as the tag team goes, like I said, I think tag team the tag team scene, like I said, need to be addressed. I think the Dudleys are on their way out soon. I think it's the almost the end of their run yet again, and this time I think maybe for good, but you never know. Uh, as far as the Usos go, I mean, yeah, they're a fine duo, but I think it's time to change them up. And uh, as I said before, I think it's time to get fresh blood in the tag division. You got Enzo and Cass now in there. You got the Vaude Villains in there. I think those two can uh, make a big impact right away. Uh, what about the New Day? Let's talk about your boys, the New Day. The New Day really had the place rocking last night yet again, Howard, especially with uh, that big bootio uh, coming out there as the fans were just singing along and clapping along. It seemed like they're finally buying into the New Day. Captain Unicorn. Gerard? Gerard? Okay, I think Gerard will be back with us here in a second, folks, so uh, please bear with him. Uh, he will be here back on the air momentarily. Um, of course, we were talking about uh, last night's uh, tag team affair with, with the New Day and the League of Nations. Of course, as you know, the League of Nations... Uh, last night, um, as you know, of course, uh, took away one of their bigger names of the uh, roster, Wade King Barrett, if you will, as apparently, however, um, he uh, was shown the door, if you will. Let's see if Gerard has returned with us. Gerard, are you back with us? Okay, apparently not. And uh, Gerard will be back, I'm sure, again here in a few minutes, so please bear with us again. The number one seven two four 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 four. 7044, caller ID number 139926. 
you can listen to myself and uh, King and WOGTS, Gerard T. Smith, right now. We will be back here in just a little while after this show here tonight ends in just a little bit. We will give you our thoughts on the latest news and updates from the world of wrestling. Of course, who knows what else we got in store for uh, our show tonight on Wrestling Revolution. And that caller ID is 138055-POUND. Gerard, have you returned, sir? Okay. Uh, Gerard will be back in a few minutes. Uh, some other things to talk about, of course, as we mentioned, Raw this week will be, or excuse me, next week, this next week, will be in Los Angeles, California. Of course, they will be in San Diego a week from today. Um, in two weeks, they will be in the UK. And then following that, the go-home show at the end of the month, I understand, as I was looking at the WWE calendar right before we got on the air here tonight, we'll be back in the Northeast again, this time in Hartford, Connecticut, and in Manchester, excuse me, Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, three weeks from tonight before they head out to the Midwest yet again, this time to Chicago, St. Louis, and Kansas City. Of course, we will let you know the dates of those coming up uh, in the next few days. Of course, tickets, I believe, are still on sale for all of those shows, including this week's Monday Night Raw at the Staples Center in the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California. Of course, tonight's SmackDown is being taped at the Toyota Center, the home of King Booker, the home of last near the home of last night's Final Four, Reliance Team or NRG Stadium there in the Lone Star State of Texas. They wrap up their Texas week-long tour this time in the city of Houston. Yes, folks, H-Town itself, King Booker's hometown, and the home of the Houston Rockets as well as the Houston Texans and the Houston Astros will be hosting WWE SmackDown tonight in just a little bit there at the Toyota Center. Gerard, have you returned? Okay, he's still on about. Of course, as we mentioned, folks, payback will be coming up three weeks from this coming next Sunday on May 1st, ladies and gentlemen, live from the Windy City of Chicago, Illinois, at the All-State Arena. The WWE once again returns to the Windy City for a pay-per-view there. Uh, second time in the last year they've been in Chicago for a pay-per-view, and second time in 2016. Seems like all the time, or every couple months, they find a way to invade Chicago. When they go to Chicago, they always have good crowds follow. And I'm sure this time will be no different, considering that the Stanley Cup players were just around the corner, too. Uh, Gerard, are you back with us, sir? Okay, he is still uh, attending to something, so we'll uh, get back with him here momentarily. Uh, speaking of Chicago here, in just about three weeks, ladies and gentlemen, the NFL draft will be taking place in that area in Chicago. And of course, that'll be, I believe, coming up uh, two weeks from Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, ladies and gentlemen, on April 21st, there in the Windy City. So uh, that should be quite a night, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. Either that or I believe it's going to be on the 28th of April. I'll have to double check my calendar to be sure here if I'm looking correctly here at the studio calendar right now here on the show. And I think Gerard has finally returned now. Gerard, have you returned, sir? Okay, he is still presently uh, detained for the moment, shall we say. Uh, let's talk about some other things going on in the world of sports right now. We already mentioned, of course, uh, the Masters. Of course, we mentioned the Final Four. Of course, the ladies are having their Final Four games tonight in Indianapolis there at the Canseco Life Fieldhouse, or some people like to call it now Bankers Life Fieldhouse. And I believe one of the teams that is in the tournament and has been kicking butt all along. However, again, the Lady Yukon Huskies and their coach, Gino, I always want to try to pronounce his name right. I always find a way to fudge his name up. Uh, Ariamara, Ariama, or whatever his name is. But uh, we like to wish the Yukon ladies the best of luck tonight. They got a big day with, I believe, the Lady Orange of the Syracuse Orangemen. 
That should be a very entertaining matchup uh, coming up here in just a few, less than an hour from now in Indianapolis. Of course, I believe UConn won their game. I think it was Sunday night they won that game. And uh, Syracuse beat their opponent in the other game. So that is why these two will be battling out once again to see who is going to be this year's ladies champion. And if you ask me, I think the Lady UConn Huskies are just going to roll all over Syracuse and squash them like bugs and just chew them up, up and down the floor tonight. I think Syracuse has no chance. But, again, you never know. As we always say, never say never. And I think uh, if Syracuse can keep it close, I'll be surprised. But I just think UConn is just too strong inside and out, and I think they're just going to dominate this game in a big-time way. And, of course, that game will be jumping up in about 45 minutes from now in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Uh, while we're doing that, let's try Gerard one more time. Gerard, are you back with us, sir? Okay, Gerard is still out and about. As you know, the NHL playoffs are just around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, uh, starting up here next week. Uh, of course, uh, the Washington Capitals, uh, the team in the East right now under their Superman, Alexander Ovechkin, seem to be right now everyone's choice to possibly run away with the Stanley Cup. And, of course, the Chicago Blackhawks in the West, led by their big two Superman, Patrick Kane, who has had a phenomenal season. Sorry about that. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Jonathan Tays and their uh, amazing, amazing goalie of Corey Crawford could have a chance to go all the way yet again. But I'll tell you what, folks. I think right now you take a look at a team that could be very dangerous, however, in the playoffs. However, I would have to say right now, I'm not, being, I'm not saying this to be biased or anything, but I'm telling you right now, a team to watch out for in the playoffs could be my hometown team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. They've won 11 of their last 12 games. And even though they're without one of their big Superman, Geno, of N.A. Malkin, however, it's been Sidney Crosby, yes, folks, Sid the Kid, and Phil Kessel, the man who uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs gave up uh, last year, however, in exchange for a draft pick. And a little-known forward, however, have been, uh, been a team to watch out for the past three weeks. I mean, they are playing phenomenal hockey right now. They've got some great goaltending in the form of Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, their defense is starting to come around more and more. However, of course, as you know, they're outshooting their opponents at times in double digits, 40 to 20 or 30 to 10 or something like that. But I'll tell you what, they're scoring four, five, six goals a game sometimes. And if I'm Washington or New York or any of these these teams that are uh, getting ready to play in the postseason, I would watch out for the Penguins and their coach, Mike Sullivan. This is a team who six months ago uh, many people were down on, many people who were really angry with, many people were just getting flustered with. And all of a sudden, within the last, like I said, two or three weeks or within the last month or so, they have been playing better hockey and seem to be the team to beat right now in the East. They've won 11 of 12. Of course, they've been some really good teams along the way, including the uh, New York Rangers a few times, the Washington Capitals, the Flyers, who are also playing for a playoff spot. Uh, the New York Islanders is another team I want to mention. But uh, right now, this is a team that, uh, as we said, folks, however, if you're looking to see a sleeper maybe in the Stanley Cup that could maybe make some noise this year in the playoffs, this could be it. And that is the Penguins I'm referring to, ladies and gentlemen. This is a team that could be on a mission this year and maybe make some noise come playoff time here in a few weeks. All right, let's try see if we can get Gerard back on the line with us. Gerard, are you back with us, sir? Okay, and speaking of hockey, ladies and gentlemen, my team is playing with the Ottawa Senators tonight. And to give you an update on that game right now, ladies and gentlemen, it is no score, just five minutes in. So uh, there you go, folks. Uh, let's see what else we got to talk about today. Uh, 
a lot going on, of course, in the NBA playoffs, in case you're wondering, folks, uh, looking right now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, um, there is talk, however, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, that apparently, however, um, trying to think here, okay, uh, here we go. Just to let you know, the records of both uh, teams' uh, record going into tonight's game, of course, the UConn Lady Huskies, as we mentioned, of course, a team on a mission. They, of course, uh, will be taking on the Lady Orange of Syracuse. Syracuse, of course, uh, ranked number four in their seeding bracket. They uh, won their last few games uh, pretty convincingly, I might add. Of course, they opened up the ladies' term beating the Army Lady Black Knights by 17, and then they went on to face Albany in the second round, beating them also by 17. They barely got by a very good South Carolina team, though, however, in the next round by 8. Then they ended up crushing Tennessee, who always seems to be a big noise in the ladies' dance, however, by 22. And then, of course, this past week, they ended up crushing the Lady Huskies by 21, if you will. So, uh, a very good showing for the Lady Orange thus far. For the Lady Huskies, however, let's tell you what they've done so far. They rolled all over Robert Morris, 101-49. They crushed Duquesne by 46. They crushed Mississippi State, which was their biggest win of the term, by a record 60 points. No joke, folks, 60 points. They beat a middle-average Tennessee team, or excuse me, not Tennessee, Texas team by 21. And then they ended up crushing Oregon State by uh, 29. So uh, this is a team the last five games, unlike the Lady Orange, however, who've been tested in every game but one, however, even though they're winning big, however, that could be uh, either a close game or a blowout type game. Like I said, I think UConn's going to win this game pretty convincingly tonight. I think it's going to be a very interesting showing, but if Syracuse can hang with them, I'll be shocked. But I don't expect that to happen. I just think the UConn Lady Huskies and their head coach are just going to be too dominant up and down the floor tonight in Indianapolis. And, of course, as we said, that will be jumping up in about 45 minutes. All right, let's try Gerard one more time. Gerard, are you back with us, sir? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, we were just talking about the ladies' final four tonight. Of course, the Lady Huskies, who have just been dominant, however, will be taking on the Lady Orangemen of Syracuse. Of course, I was saying to everyone, however, that the UConn Lady Huskies have just been absolutely ripping through everyone in the tournament. Their biggest win was by 60, however, at one point against Mississippi State. Uh, I know you're not a big Ladies Final Four fan, but uh, I said that UConn, I think, is just going to dominate this game inside out tonight. What is your uh, spin and take on this game tonight? Uh, what's the four remaining teams? It was, uh, well, Syracuse and uh, UConn now, but Syracuse, UConn, Washington, and Oregon State, and then all of a sudden it went down to Syracuse and UConn. We're down to Syracuse and UConn, excuse me. Oh, okay. um, This is your championship tonight. I'm not really, I don't really watch them, so I couldn't really tell you who would mm-hmm. win. Yeah. Well, going into the game, UConn is 37-0. and I mean, they've played really, really well all year. I mean, it seems like every year they are one of the most dangerous and most fun teams to watch. I've been a fan of them for about, oh, I'd say 10, 15 years now. And I'll tell you, they, they just are so, so good and so dominant. I mean, they can hurt you. But uh, one sport we did touch upon, however, just before you came back on the air, was uh, apparently the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I was mentioning uh, there's a lot of teams out there like Washington, New York, Pittsburgh, Right now, I mean, it's going to be a fun uh, uh, playoff run, if you will, coming up here in just a few weeks, however. Uh, if you have to guess right now who is an early odds-on favorite for the uh, Stanley Cup, who would you say it's going to be? Uh, I don't know. Hold on, I'll be right back. Okay. And Gerard will be back with us yet again, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently he is taking care of uh, some minor issues here. That's no problem there, no problem indeed. 
Uh, let's see what also is popping up on the mighty ticker uh, sports machine uh, board today, if you will. Of course, uh, right now, early on, apparently, however, they have already said uh, from what I heard so far, however, as of a short time ago, however, uh, it looks like, however, according to Las Vegas, however, as of this morning, however, they have listed the Duke Blue Devils. Yes, folks, the Duke Blue Devils, followed by the Kentucky Wildcats and John Calipari, who last year uh, almost made it to the championship, if you will, but came up a little short in the semifinals, however, and the current champion, the Villanova Wildcats, followed by Louisville, Kansas, Michigan State, Arizona, North Carolina, Virginia, Xavier, Oregon, and Arizona, have all been listed so far as the heavy favorites to uh, go to the championship game for next year. So this is according to the Las Vegas Sportsbook uh, machine as of uh, late last night slash early this morning. Of course, next year's championship game will be held, of course, in the Valley of the Sun. Yes, folks, Phoenix, Arizona at the University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Of course, last night, as we said, there was 75,000 people packed into the NRG Stadium, formerly Reliance Stadium, there to see the Villanova Wildcats and the North Carolina Tar Heels have quite a battle last night for the men's championship, if you will. Uh, and speaking of the golf tournament that we just mentioned a little bit ago, as my Gerard was t- uh, telling us uh, he's not a fan of golf, but that's understandable. There is some early talk that Jordan Spieth could be winning the Green Jacket once again, but there has also been some talk that for the first time maybe ever we could see an Australian, yes, folks, an Aussie, Unlike Greg Norman, unlike uh, some of the Aussies of the past, but Jason Day, or yes, Day Day, however, could make it May Day for him after winning the PGA last year at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. Could be the big heavy favorite this week, Howard, to win Augusta. Of course, the power part, I said, I can't say it. The Par 3 exhibition fun match will be, of course, tomorrow afternoon on ESPN at 3 o'clock. That'll be on until 5. That's always a good time to watch that. In fact, I have a friend who's going to be uh, attending at the Masters this week, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to give him a shout-out there, and I hope he's having a good time down there. Of course, the first day of the tournament will be on Thursday morning. Unfortunately, Arnold Palmer will not be there to hit the ceremonial tee shot this year due to health reasons, but we understand that possibly Jack Nicklaus and his cohort, the great Gary Palmer, will be there. No, not Gary Palmer. Gary Player. Doy, I said Gary Palmer. I mean, Gary Player, folks. Sorry. But yes, Gary Player and uh, Jack Nicholas, and maybe who knows, another person like Ben Crenshaw could show up for the ceremonial tee shot. But if not, it could be the big two of uh, the Golden Bear and the Black Knight, Gary Player. Let's see if Gerard has returned to us now. Gerard, are you back with us, sir? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, I was just saying that apparently, I was also just mentioning that the two people who will be hitting the ceremonial tee shot this year at the Masters will be Gary Player and Jack Nicklaus. No Arnold Palmer this year, however, due to health reasons. But I also mentioned how, according to reports from Las Vegas, as of last night, they've already listed Duke, Kentucky, Villanova, Louisville, and Kansas early on as the heavy favorites to uh, appear in next year's championship ball game there in Phoenix, Arizona. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see who will be the early... Uh, favorites heading to the final four next year but uh once again it seems like uh it's anyone's guess who's going to win that you know it's going to be anyone's guess so we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on that um before we go uh again i want to thank gerard t smith king nwo if you will for giving us a great moment tonight a very very great moment indeed of course the last two weeks has come out with some big ones and 
That's what we like to do on this show. We like to tell you and tell to tell you our thoughts and take you back to a time and place where you remember some of these moments, some of these moments you may never have heard of, however, but some of them you may have heard of before and forgot about them. That's what we like to do on the show. And, of course, we want to thank you for listening in. one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. caller ID number 139926, pound in the number one. This show, of course, and all of our shows each and every week on uh, this show, debate, uh, of course, wrestling debate, uh, Wolfpack Radio, Revisited, Revolution and Raw Radio are in the archives, and you can listen to all those on TalkShoe.com. Those uh, caller ID numbers are 138055, 138521, 138982, and 138744, as well as 139925. Um, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap it up here in just a few seconds. Uh, but before we do, I just want to ask Gerard, do you have any final things for us there tonight, uh, Your Highness? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, good to know, good to know. Well, we will be back in just a little while, ladies and gentlemen. Again, do not forget, ladies and gentlemen, we will be on at 9 o'clock. Of course, Gerard and I, uh, of course, are going to take a little break for uh, getting something to eat here and uh, recharge our batteries, if you will. And we will be back with you here in just an hour from now with Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw. We will talk, of course, more about last night's great Monday Night Raw, which, again, I thought was a fantastic Raw last night, one of the better Raws of the year. Of course, Gerard will also weigh in with his thoughts along with the rest of our panel. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, the new and improved Wrestling Debate Show will be a great one with Team NWO Madness. Yes, folks, Gerard T. Smith, the Black Widow, and myself will be giving you our thoughts about a great uh, debate that we will have a, quite a discussion on, and that will be up and running starting at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So for right now, uh, along with the bad guy himself, Gerard T. Smith, this is the Iceman saying so long. We will check you in the ring in just a little while. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show, and we will talk to you again very soon. Have a great night, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Good night, everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.